Welcome to the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin, from thebluesguitarshow.com. Hope everyone is having a really good week out there this week and everybody enjoyed last week's episode, which was all about... I've forgotten last week's episode, what was it? Oh, all about Stevie Ray Vaughan. Hope everybody enjoyed that, that was a super fun one. Uh, I'm back playing The Resonator, if you might have heard in the intro today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about jazz chords. Now, a lot of people get a little bit scared when they hear the word jazz, Especially if it's not the kind of music that you tend to listen to, especially if you're kind of a blues purist, sticking with your 145 kind of style blues stuff, that's absolutely cool. But there is some things that we can learn from the kind of world of jazz and jazz chords in particular that can really help make our blues playing better. And in fact, if you listen to a lot of the really, really good blues players, even the older guys like John Lee Hooker or Mississippi John Hurt, they were all uh, dipping their toe in the water a little bit with some of these chords. And I think if you can add these chords into your blues playing, it makes it sound a lot tastier. It gives it a really kind of classy vibe. Each one of those chords has a really cool different sound to it as well. You might have heard in the intro, I was playing a version of a Mississippi John Hurt tune called Richmond Blues. Um, and you find in a lot of the that kind of era, the kind of 1920s to 1940s, you start to get a lot of the ragtime kind of piano influence, influencing a lot of the blues guitarists. And we start to hear some of those jazz chords slip their way in there. So it's a really cool thing to be able to whip out uh, when you're playing at a jam session or when you're writing, especially being able to use, you know, kind of utilize some different chord sounds really helps you kind of stand out from your bog standard 12 bar blues, 8 bar blues, uh, 16 bar blues kind of um, kind of tunes. Now I did an episode a little while back about jazz chords and it got a really good download rate which uh, surprised me a little bit but in a in a good way I think it's something that's I don't know everyone jazz is kind of this mystery thing to a lot of people isn't it and it was to me for a really long time and, and still is in some respects there's some elements of the jazz world I don't think I'll ever understand there are some theoretical concepts I don't think my tiny brain will ever get its head around quite but there's also so much cool stuff and it was it's a shame in a lot of ways that there's this kind of perceived barrier to entry to playing jazz that you have to be some kind of you know music conservatoire um graduates to be able to understand it and play it because really a lot of you know a lot of the old great american songbook stuff you know that's all jazz um George Gershwin stuff is a kind of, you know, it's, it's a type of jazz. And back then in the sort of 40s and 50s, pop music was very much jazz influenced. So it's a real shame in a way that it kind of slipped out of the popular kind of culture in the way that it has. And that modern pop music is so based around your kind of standard four bar, um, four bar, your standard four chord format. And obviously, I see this a lot in my day to day work. You know, a lot of the shows that I play, I have to play a lot of modern pop music and it is it's pretty shocking how well you can do just sliding a capo up and down your up and down your fretboard and playing, you know, G, D, E minor and C. Um, it's it's quite eye opening. And then only when you go back and you kind of try and learn something from a little while, you know, a little while back or maybe you've got a wedding gig and you need to learn an ABBA song or something or um, a Queen song or something, you kind of go, oh, holy crap, like these are a world apart. You know, I can learn a modern set list in 
probably an hour and a half because 90% of the songs don't change. You know, there might be a bridge section, but the rest of the song is basically the same. You know, maybe I palm mute or I pick a little bit in the verse and I give it, you know, give it some socks in the chorus. But, you know, really it's based around the same four chord format, you know, the one, six, three, five or whatever the format of that one is. But they are quite easy to pick up, whereas a lot of jazz songs, they just don't work that way. And that's what's also so exciting and interesting about learning jazz. And blues for me has always been a kind of perfect middle ground of that because I like, I really like that blues music kind of resolves in a really satisfying way when you listen to it. You know, we all know this. You know what my next note's going to be. And it's really satisfying when it happens. And as music is generally just a kind of sequence of creating tension and then resolving back to what our ears kind of like to hear and what our brains are tuned for. Um, It's really satisfying when you get that. And you need me to finish it almost. You need me to play that E7 chord. If I was to go... That might be an interesting way to go, but it sounds kind of strange, and we're not quite used to that. So one of the really satisfying things about blues music is the way that it resolves like that for me. And I think there is something cool about the fact that you have, within blues music, you have this kind of jazzier side to it, which means that it's not like modern pop where it's constant resolution, it's just... Constant resolution kind of going on, resolve, 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 resolve. We get the space to create this tension. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock and I kind of liken it to ACDC. ACDC songs are just the most satisfying of of songs because it doesn't matter if I listen to their latest album from 2020 or whenever it was and I don't know any of the songs. I know them inherently because they follow a, they follow a pretty strict formula and I can guess where they're going next and then when they go when they get there it's great. You kind of know, okay, cool. We're we're done the second chorus. I know what's coming here. We've got this and then we're into a guitar solo, you know, uh, and that's really cool. And it's always nice to have a mix of stuff, isn't it? So sometimes it's nice to be kind of surprised something goes different. You go, oh, that's cool. Uh, but it's equally as nice, you know, when it resolves to the same. So that was a lot of waffle, wasn't it? What I'm going to do today is I'm going to teach you five chords. The five jazz chords I think are really essential and I think are really worth learning so you can throw them into your blues music. So I'm going to talk you through how to play them. I'm going to do them all in the... Um, off the third fret on the top string, so they're all going to be G chords, but these are all movable shapes. That's the important thing. These are all movable shapes, which means that you can just move the fret three on the top string up to fret five, and they will all become A chords. So the first one is a major seven chord, G major seven. A really nice kind of pretty sounding chord. We're going to make that with our first finger on fret three on the top string. Then I've got my third finger on fret 4 on the D string, my little finger on fret 4 on the G string, and then my first finger on fret 3 on the B string. So that's 3 on the top string, miss out the second string, in fact I can use my first finger to mute that string, so we get, don't get that sound, we go fret 3, miss a string, 2, uh, sorry, fret 3, miss a string, 4, 4, 3. That's your G major 7. The next one I want to do is the G major 6, which is just one note different, but it's a really cool sound. 
Now this one, I'm putting my second finger on the G on the top string, fret three. First finger is on the fourth string, fret two. Little finger on the third string, fret four. And then third finger on the D on fret three on the second string. So from the top down, we've got three, miss a string, two, four, three. A little bit of a tricky one to finger, that one. The next one is nice and easy to finger. I'm going to play this just with one bar. So one fingered bar. Uh, I'm going to put my finger flat across fret three across all the strings. Gives me that sound. And then if I just play the top string, so the sixth string, fourth, third, and second, that gives me a G minor seven. It's a great one actually to know if you're playing slide at all because you can just hold a slide across that fret three in standard tuning and you get that G minor seven. Uh, if you need to strum, you can also fret the fret five on the A string. So you can do three, five, three, three, three. We're just repeating that D there. We don't necessarily need to. So we've got G major seven, G major six, G minor seven. The next one is what's called a G13, which is a really cool one, because we add on this note, we're adding on a high E. So what we're gonna do is fret three on the top string again, miss a string, then we go fret three on the D string, fret four on the G string, and fret five on the B string. So I'm going first finger, second, third, fourth. That's a really satisfying one, that one. You hear that, that's got kind of Stormy Monday written all over it, doesn't it? That's just moving down from fret five, same shape, four, three. So we've got G major seven, G major six, G minor seven, G 13. Last one we're gonna do is a G seven sharp five. Now this actually starts, same as the one before, we're gonna go fret three on the top string, first finger, fret three on the D string, first finger. And then with these two fingers, with my third and fourth finger, I'm just gonna put them on fret four. Gives you a quite a, quite a challenging sounding chord there. So we're gonna go three, miss a string, three, four, four. And that's a G seven sharp five. Almost, you can almost hear that resolving, can't you? To a regular G. So you can go from that G7 sharp five to a G13 to a regular G. Yeah, lots of cool things in there. So we've got the G major seven, G major six, G minor seven, next G13 and the G7 sharp 5. So some really fun things there to try and throw into your playing. If you're playing a 12 bar in G, I really recommend trying to throw these in and the way you throw them in. I often like to throw these in sometimes um, on the turnaround. So I'm playing in G when I'm going from my kind of... go 
back round just before you resolve again. So in your kind of turnaround, your D, C, and then G. G13, G7 sharp 5, G. Something like that. It's just a cool thing to throw in and it kind of really makes you sound like a classy guitarist, makes everyone think that you know what you're doing. And that is what it's all about, isn't it? So a bit of a different one for you today. I hope you found that useful. Don't forget, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me be able to get these out to more people and get better and more interviews lined up. I'm hoping to have some interviews lined up over the next couple of weeks for the next episodes because I know they tend to do really well and it's nice for everyone to have the kind of stuff you want to listen to in the car. It's cool to have something to throw on that's still the Blues Guitar Show podcast but you don't have to play along, which is always wicked. Uh, don't forget to go to thebluesguitarshow.com, sign up to my mailing list. That'll give you all the access to any tabs for the older episodes or uh, information about what's coming up. If you want to book one-to-one sessions, you can also do that at www.thebluesguitarshow.com. Anything else, you can email me, ben at thebluesguitarshow.com. I answer all of my emails or as much as as I can. Um, So please don't hesitate to shoot me anything, anything that you want me to talk about, anything you want me to cover, anything you think I've got wrong, please do let me know. And uh, I will catch you guys all next time. Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.